This is Lantern Lights COVID-19 edition, your destination for continuing coverage on the COVID-19 impact at The Ohio State University. All right, this is Lantern Lights COVID-19 edition for March 18th. I'm your host, Kevin Lapka, today joined by Ohio State Director of Media Relations, Ben Johnson, Lantern reporters, Sarah Salagi and Jack Long, and media professor, Nicole Kraft. Today, two Ohio State employees have tested positive for the coronavirus, and we have some other news to get to. But first, Ben, what else can you tell us about uh, this news released by President Drake this early morning? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Um, and uh, the additional information I can share about these two cases is somewhat limited. Obviously, we want to respect everybody's privacy um, and give them time and space to uh, self-isolate and recover. But I can tell you that the two cases are Ohio State employees. The cases are unrelated to each other. The individuals are in self-isolation at home. Uh, both of these individuals returned to Central Ohio following separate out-of-state business trips, one to the East Coast and one to the West Coast. One of the individuals has not returned to campus at all since, since becoming symptomatic, and the other returned to campus just for part of one business day. So uh, that's, that's good news for the larger campus community, but of course it's important for people to keep in mind that these are not the only cases in Columbus or in Central Ohio. The uh, Wexner Medical Center has been working closely with public health officials to uh, investigate any potential exposures that resulted from these two individuals. And so one of the most important things people should know is that anyone who may have been exposed to either individual has already been contacted and is taking appropriate steps to self-quarantine. So if you have not been contacted, you do not have to take any special action. You can just continue to take um, the appropriate social distancing and hygiene and other health measures that the university and other public health officials have been talking about for several weeks now. Yeah, I think this is almost something where we, we I think everyone kind of figured that this would happen at the university at some point. It was just a matter of when, but it, it still puts things in perspective. Does that make it a little bit more real? So you're right. This is something that we knew would happen. Uh, I, I think uh, what it does more than anything is reaffirm our commitment to the various steps that we've taken over the last, particularly the last week and a half, to keep the campus community safe, the mandatory move out for all students who have another place to live, the move uh, or, or uh, transition, I should say, to all of all classes to virtual learning, the requirement that all employees who can work from home do work from home. These are important steps. These are in alignment with what we hear every day from Governor DeWine and the director of the Ohio Department of Health and also from the Centers for Disease Control. So these are the important steps that everybody should be doing and they are very important uh, here on campus. And I should say that since most of us are not physically on campus anymore, in our virtual campus and in our daily lives, they are important for all of us Buckeyes as well. You know, it's, I, I guess it really brought it, um, I think, to life for me, um, that and, you know, I, I was mentioning to you, Ben, before we came on, I was planning on, you know, going in on Monday to um, 
know, we're going to start our classes virtually. And I thought, oh, well, maybe I'll just do it for my classroom. No one else will be there. And of course, uh, the university just issued a release just minutes ago that said that the university buildings themselves are going to be closed effective tomorrow um, for the foreseeable future. And, you know, we still have a lot of parents who are moving their kids out. I've been monitoring on Facebook on the parents group there. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, fear and, and concern about, you know, navigating through this move out process. Um, what kind of, you know, I mean, I know this is an ever moving target. So I'm, I'm wondering uh, kind of where you think we should be looking next for um, closings or changes or what, you know, parents and students might need to be thinking about next. That's a great question, Nicole. I think, uh, first of all, we understand that, that people have lots of questions and we've done our best to answer those questions as quickly as possible, but we understand that there will still be questions for some time as people work through what is a, what is a challenging situation and an enormous transition. So I think people should look first to the all-campus emails that have come with some regularity from President Drake. And um, almost all of the, in fact, all of those emails, along with other important information, are posted at news.osu.edu. But the other thing I would say is that people should be receiving and will continue to receive communication from their appropriate college and unit within the university. So the college you're enrolled in, or the college you work at, or the unit that you're a part of, or the place you work as a student employee, all of the managers in every single one of those units are working very hard to get the, the best, the most accurate, and the most current information out to people as quickly as possible. So, so we, like... So we know the libraries are closed now too as well, Ben, and um, you know, Sarah and, and Jack, the stories that you guys have been working on, what are some of the, um, what are some of the things that you guys are finding people are, are most, um, I don't know, you know, confused by or, or kind of seeking the most information on? Yeah, I think with the libraries closing, there's going to be a lot of questions surrounding students who need access to the libraries for computers uh, to do their online work, especially since all classes are going to be moving online. Is there any safeguard in place or are there any steps that are going to be taken to ensure that those students can access education? Yes, so students who have any questions at all about their online learning should go to keep the Keep Learning website, uh, which is linked from all of the on-campus emails. And uh, there's a tab at the top to speak directly to a representative if the website doesn't answer your questions. So we understand that there are people uh, who may not have regular access to internet or may not have the technology they need to learn at home, at their permanent home, and we will work with all of those people. I spoke last week very early on in this process with the university's chief information officer, Mike Hoffer, and he was talking to me about their commitment to working with all of those students, all of the professors who have students in their class that may have uh, individual and unique challenges. So there's our, our focus right now. One of the reasons that some questions people have have not been answered is because the university's full focus has been on the health of students and transitioning to virtual learning so that students can continue to make academic progress. Those are our priorities and anybody who has a question or has a unique set of needs, um, the, the uh, employees at OCIO are ready to assist. 
Jack, who have you spoken to about, about these uh, current issues here? I think really the biggest thing was just kind of that apprehension, anxiety about how classes are going to be looking on Monday. Again, I mean, there's, there's some classes that you have announcements coming out for. I have a couple classes on my own that announcements are coming out, but they're still kind of not sure what that's going to look like, especially on that first day. Um, and on, for example, for Monday, I have three classes uh, and they're kind of back to back. And so some are going live lectures, some are doing recorded. Um, and it's interesting to see kind of how that transition is happening. And some professors are faster um, and more available. Uh, I had one class who was able to kind of come right out and say, this is exactly what it's going to look like. Um, so I think right now it's kind of that anxiety and making sure that students are aware of that Keep Learning website. Um, I know that there was a Keep Teaching website for all professors and instructors to kind of walk you through. I think they, it's like the one, two, three steps in the Zoom on how to transition to a virtual course. Um, but I think students, uh, I think, you know, you might have to correct me on this, but I think we were rated as one of the best universities to complete an online course at. I think Max Garrison or maybe Owen Milnes had actually done a story about that uh, maybe a month or so ago. Those courses that weren't meant to be online, and, and you know, Nicole can kind of speak to this as well, that online courses are not an exact substitute for these lab classes, and not every, you know, you can't just take all these assignments and put it online and be, okay, that's the virtual course. That's not how it works. There's a lot of building that has to happen around that. So I think right now we're kind of in a waiting period of just letting that anxiety sit until that Monday and that first week of classes and seeing what the student response is. And I think, you know, to a great degree, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Jack, but I also think that we also have to give each other a lot of latitude. We need to live, give our students latitude um, to recognize that, you know, the first session that we're going to do, um, you know, we're going to be teaching through Zoom in my classes. And the first session is going to be all about, hey, let's kind of get used to what we're doing. So this is Zoom. Here's how you use it. This is what we're going to do. Here's what the syllabus looks like now. Here's Carmen, what it looks like now. You know, these are the changes that we were able to make. And I think if we can really kind of give each other some uh, the time and space to get used to things is going to be a really advantageous way to move forward in these classes. It's not going to be the same. Is it going to be, you know, the best semester that we've all had? No. But I think it's pretty extraordinary what the university has pulled together and allowed us to pull together within, you know, this two-week time frame that we've had um, for something that we never really forced, could have imagined that we'd be doing. So, um, you know, I, I had a message with some students today about, hey, my internet access is not going to be fast enough. And, you know, just on the time that we're doing this podcast, we've had some issues with, um, you know, people freezing and technology, and we're going to have to live with those. I, you know, part of it is an educational process and, you know, you may need to contact your internet provider and say, um, hey, I need to have faster internet or I need to have more, you know, megabytes per second and I need these things that we haven't thought about. We're so spoiled at Ohio State, um, you know, with our incredibly fast internet and internet available everywhere that we go. Um, that's going to be a, a huge learning curve is what the um, accessibility is out here in the world. And, and I'm with you, Sarah, you know, the closing of the libraries has got to be really scary because I think that was a fallback for a lot of people. And, you know, there's no Starbucks to go to anymore. There's no, you know, sitting at, at Panera and doing your work and, you know, like we've all been, been doing and, um, and we're going to have to really be accommodating. So, you know, I'm hoping and, you know, Ben, I don't know if this is any messaging that you guys are sending out that, you know, faculty think about if you're gonna record your lectures or do them live, make sure that you record them as well. And if you're gonna record them, make sure that you do an audio version as well as a video version. And if you're gonna do that, maybe think about even making a transcript available. And I know that that's a lot of work, but 
at some point technology is going to fail someone and that's going to be the person that can't even reach any of us because their technology didn't was was not working so you know kind of thinking about what the worst case scenario is and as we're building up to be able to make sure that we we're able to provide services to everyone who needs them and on the topic of latitude ben i was wondering since we have obviously we've been we have keep teaching the website to help teacher professors learn how to move stuff digitally digitally and work with the technology but i was wondering if the university is giving the professors uh any advice or guidance on how to handle teaching uh, in such a tumultuous, tumultuous time uh, with their students, giving them leeway, understanding that people have been uprooted from their homes, people might not have access to food, water, shelter, uh, and it, has there been any sensitivity, guidance um, in this with the professors? There, there has been. It's a great, it's a great question. And actually, let me let me step step back real quickly and and uh, talk about something that Nicole said, um, and actually something even that Jack said as well. Um, uh, I totally understand that there's a lot of anxiety among the students. Uh, there's I have anxiety. I, I'm not sure there's anyone in America who's paying attention who does not have some level of anxiety right now. This is uh, unprecedented in my lifetime, at least, and I think in many of our lifetimes. Um, and so uh, we understand that there the same level of anxiety exists with the faculty and the instructors. Um, and so uh, all of this is the reason that last week we extended spring break for a week because we understood that people needed more time to make this this transition. And so uh, we know that all the questions haven't been answered about many individual courses and many larger questions as well. And we are working through those as quickly as we can. To jump back forward then to your question, Sarah, the uh, Office of Academic Affairs, which is uh, headed by the provost, Bruce McFerrin, has been in daily communication with faculty across campus. And they're doing that, one, because of all of the uh, challenges to instruction and the transition to virtual learning that we just talked about and making sure everybody knows where to go as they're working through that transition and where they can get advice and where they can get help, but also because of that uh, wellness piece, that, that mental health and wellness piece that exists, like I said, probably to some level among everyone in America right now. And so um, uh, working with professors so they understand how to work with students who are facing a unique and different set of challenges and also working with the professors who themselves may be dealing with a set of unique and difficult, particularly difficult circumstances. So the uh, Office of Academic Affairs is in the lead on that right now and uh, is uh, supporting faculty so that they in turn can support students. And, um, you know, all really all we ask right now is that uh, people are patient and do their best as we're working through this transition. And I would like to say that we have asked for that and we have received that tenfold. I think people on campus have been doing a great job. I think the community has really come together and uh, we, know, we know there are gonna be challenges. And like Nicole said, there are gonna be technology issues and everybody in America is on their Wi-Fi right now and it's probably stretched to the max. And we're gonna have to work through some of that stuff. But I think people are, in all walks of life, not even just at Ohio State, are really showing um, uh, the best side of themselves and their willingness to work together and make this happen. I really think, gonna, yeah, go ahead, Jack. Are there gonna be any types of uh, 
I mean, emotional well-being services, CS, uh, CCS services. I was looking back through my email to see if there was any uh, university-wide email or even college or school-wide email that talked about kind of this, you know, there's emails sent that say, here are the symptoms of, of COVID-19, here's what you should be looking out for, but there's no messaging that I could find that talked about some of the feelings and anxiety and symptoms of that anxiety that could be having a negative impact on students and on uh, instructors as well. And I went back and I found uh, an email that was sent out and the link that they provide for CS CCS is actually for on-campus resources. So I didn't know if there was anything that uh, the counseling and consultation services is planning on doing um, virtual uh, appointments with people or there's going to be any type of push to, uh, to kind of have students recognize what mental health might look like during this. Sure. CCS is maintaining services. So if you have existing appointments with CCS, uh, somebody has probably been in touch with you or will be in touch with you soon. And if you need an appointment with CCS, you can contact them. Obviously, they won't be face-to-face. -face. They'll happen in a different way, but CCS is maintaining services. Uh, one of the uh, other leaders in this space on campus is the College of Nursing, and their dean, Bern Melnick, is the university's chief wellness officer. She is actually having a web symposium tomorrow about wellness and anxiety, and I don't have the information for that in front of me right now, but I can certainly get it to you so that you can get it to all of your viewers and your readers. And uh, I'm also sure that she would be delighted to talk to you about that. Um, and you're probably welcome to attend if you would like. So I'll get you the details for those. So that's, you know, that's something that uh, uh, maybe you haven't seen it uh, before, but it's certainly something that has been top of mind for us. And, and like I said, the College of Nursing has their symposium scheduled for tomorrow. And I also know that we've been sending out, I've received several messages from the provost reminding faculty about uh, the app that we've made available um, on, you know, mental health, mental wellness, mental health, mental wellness, um, and utilization of that. Um, you know, I've been working with the, the faculty and communication, you know, as I think we all have been in, in different departments, you know, reminding us all that these are, we're all real people in real situation here that we don't know what we're doing and we need to um, be able to help each other out and give each other latitude and, and you know, and I, I keep reminding people, be in touch with your, with your students, like reach out to them and make sure that they know that you're here and that you're thinking about them and that you're working on the answers. You may not have them, but we're working to get the answers. And, and I got to be honest with you, I'm, you know, as a faculty member, I'm going to do the best I can come Monday when we start teaching. I don't know if, what's going to work exactly what's not and I'm going to make changes probably every minute of every class we're going to be evolving in some way so um, you know I think it, we have to be just so uh, cognizant of, of the care that we take of each other and the, and the responsibility that we have to each other as members of our Ohio State family that um, we remember that the learning is really important but the people who are doing the learning are and the teaching are, are even more important than we need I think to we lost oh, there she's we lost you for a second there, Nicole. But I, I think I think I think the word of the day is kind of patience because this. I mean, th throughout this whole situation, I mean, it comes with patience because what we are going to see on Monday. I mean, who really knows, right? With the classes and and things may very well fail. It's very possible, but um, th this is an ever-changing situation. We are in a state of unknowingness, but that's why we're here on this podcast. We're here to give you guys uh, the answers that you need. So if you guys want to reach out to us. 
uh, feel free to shoot us some questions at the Lantern Socials so we can help answer your questions because that's what we're here for uh, in this time of uncertainty. We're, we're here to help things uh, make, a, make it seem a little bit more certain for you guys. Again, make sure to follow Lantern on all social media platforms. This podcast, Lantern Lights, will be available on SoundCloud uh, and Spotify and on Apple Podcasts in the coming days. Nicole, Sarah, Jack, Ben, thanks guys for coming on. Uh, this is Lantern Lights. We'll see you guys next time.